The following program does not necessarily represent the views and opinions of Reality Radio 101, its advertisers and sponsors, or its listening audience. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to the Urban Forestry Radio Show, here on Reality Radio 101. In this radio show and podcast, we learn about fruit trees, permaculture, arboriculture, and so much more. So if you love trees, and especially fruit trees, or if you're interested in living a more sustainable life, then this is the place for you. I'm your host, Susan Poisner of the Fruit Tree Care Training website, OrchardPeople.com. Thanks for tuning in and enjoy the show. Welcome to the Urban Forestry Radio Show with your host, Susan Poisner. To contact Susan live right now, send her an email in studio101 at gmail.com. And now, your host of the Urban Forestry Radio Show, Susan Poisner. Hi, everyone. Spring is in the air, and orchardists across North America have spent months pruning their fruit trees. Pruning in the late winter or early spring while your tree is dormant is so important when you're growing fruit trees, and that's for a lot of reasons. First of all, winter pruning and spring pruning encourages vigorous growth and a good harvest. It increases air circulation and helps protect your fruit tree from pest and disease problems. And it helps you create a really strong fruit-bearing structure for your tree. But here's the problem. If you prune your tree incorrectly, you can do more harm than good. That's why I always advise new growers to sign up for a course to learn fruit tree care pruning skills. I teach pruning and fruit tree care skills online at orchardpeople.com workshops. And I also can't say enough how important it is to have the right tools for the job and to maintain them well. So in this episode of the Urban Forestry Radio Show, we'll be talking about pruning tools, how to choose them, and how to care for them. And my special guest is garden writer Ben Cullen. Now, Ben is a fourth-generation gardener. His dad is gardening guru Mark Cullen, and Mark was one of the first sponsors for this radio show with his Mark's Choice line of gardening products. They're sold at home hardware. But now, as you know, in each episode of this show, I love to have a prize to offer for those of you who write in during the show with a question, a comment, or just to sell it, say hi. Well, today's prize is... Dum -da -da -dum. A fantastic pair of Mark's Choice hand pruners. And for those of you who are watching Facebook Live, I'm showing you what they look like. They're made by Corona Tools, and they come with a fantastic sharpener. We're going to talk about all sorts of tool stuff in today's show. So if you are interested in possibly winning this prize, then send us an email with your first name and where you're writing from and send it to instudio101 at gmail.com. That's instudio101 at gmail.com. So let's talk about tools. 
Ben Cullen, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thank you, Susan. Now, tell me a little bit before we dig into all the details about your family history. I understand you are fourth generation gardener. How how does that work? <laughs> okay, so we say um, we say fourth ish generation gardener because uh, it's true. Dad dad is a gardener. Grandpa was a gardener. Uh, my great grandpa was a milkman. So that sort of stops there. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> but my grandpa had a mentor named John Wheel. John Wheel came to Canada in the 1910s, uh, well, 1920s after World War I, and uh, he started a landscaping business in Toronto called John Wheel Landscaping. My grandfather was his paper boy at Mount Pleasant in Eglinton, and they became very, very close friends. So in 1947, um, after a few years of mentorship under John Wheel, Grandpa bought out John. John went on to the University of Guelph, and then he spent a few years at McDonald College in McGill University, where he taught horticulture. Um, and Grandpa transformed John Wheel Landscaping into Wheel and Cullen, which became um, a chain of garden centers around the greater Toronto area for people who've lived here a while. It was also a nursery farm, and it spawned also a place called Cullen Gardens in Whitby, which was a large show garden. Um, and so that was how dad got into the business. Dad grew up in Wheel and Cullen, uh, which grandpa had sort of, um, forged of what he'd bought from John Wheel and what he'd learned from John Wheel. And dad ran Wheel and Cullen until 2003. And he sold to Sheridan Nurseries, which is the largest nursery grower in Canada, and also a very strong independent, uh, retail garden chain as well in southern Ontario. So so it's a long history. It's a long history. Yeah, that's sort of four that's generations. A, yeah, heavy on your shoulders there. <laughs> I, I got to tell you something. I wonder, I have this image of you growing up and yeah. being in a family of gardeners, was there a thing around tools like, don't touch that. That's dad's <laughs> tool. Don't. You'll ruin it. It's funny that you say that. Dad has a digging spade, which you don't touch. Right. But I think it was a cutting tool and it wasn't even dad's. It was mom's sewing scissors were the thing I'll never forget. None of us will forget the day my sister used the sewing scissors for paper mache. And you oh, can imagine. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, that sounds a little scary. <laughs> that was pretty scary. There was oh, there was hell oh, to pay. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, tools are a really personal thing. And mm -hmm. we're going to talk about them today and, you know, how to choose them. But the first thing I wanted to ask you, so I'm holding up, you know, one of my pruners that I have. And I, Lord knows I have lots because we're from in the Ben Nobleman Park Community Orchard. Mm -hmm. We had some donated tools. So we have all different types. Yes. But tools are important. It's important that you choose the right one. Mm -hmm. And it's important that you take care of it properly. So what I want to ask you, Ben, is what is the worst that can happen if you choose the wrong tool or if you don't keep it sharp and clean and stuff like that? Uh, well, there's two ways of looking at it. The worst that can happen is you're out a few bucks because you didn't get the right thing in the first place and you're going to go out to buy something new. But worse, you can damage your plants, right? And that's what we really want to avoid. If it doesn't hold an edge, if it's not been maintained and it's not cutting clean, that uh, that cut's not going to heal over properly and you're going to invite all sorts of disease and you're really not doing your plants any favors um, by running poor equipment. So uh, that is the absolute worst thing that can happen. I got to say, I have seen it firsthand because as I said, I'm mm -hmm. involved in Ben Nobleman Park Community Orchard and we've mm -hmm. got these tools that are in our little shed over the winter and yeah. we go out in all sorts of enthusiasm ready to prune mm -hmm. with tools that maybe haven't been sharpened for years and you yes. can really damage 
your fruit tree in particular. Yes. Because if you're cutting surface, and this, by the way, is not a sharp tool. So let's give it, oh, I don't even think it would do that one. Maybe we got this live process. Uh, try that. Okay. All right. Here we go. We, you've got your branch in the orchard. Look at this. It's already broken. Mm -hmm. So you're going to want to prune. And if it doesn't cut well, you'll get this sort of sh exactly that. Exactly that. That's exactly <laughs> what's going to happen. How many times have you seen that? Unfortunately, too many times. Yeah. And it, it's not just that it doesn't look good, but it's also that pest and disease problems can happen. You can rip. That's right. right. Yeah. You can rip down the bark. Now, by the way, for those of you who are listening on Reality Radio 101, which is an awesome radio station, um, you can also see what we're talking about. You'll have mm -hmm. to go to Facebook mm -hmm. and go to the Susan Poisner, P-O-I-Z-N-E-R Facebook page. I tried to put it on the Orchard People Facebook page. This time it did not work. So once this is all recorded, I will put it up on Orchard People. But go to the Susan Poisoner Facebook page and you can see what we're talking about. We are talking about a bad pruning cut where um, the bark peels off of the branch and exposes that branch to pest and disease problems. And that's not good. We're trying to keep our fruit trees healthy. So, right. yeah, so that's why it's important. Now, on this table in front of us, we have lots of different types of pruning tools. And so uh, I just wanted to ask you... Honestly, what is the difference, Ben? Like, do, other than different color handles, yes, you yes. know. Do you want to start with types or with brands? Let's let's start first of all. We'll focus on hand pruners because okay. I feel for myself, this is the most important tool that I have. It's small. It's a one-handed tool, yeah. and I can use it to shorten branches. Mm -hmm. This is the one I use most of all. Yeah. Yep. So let's talk about brands and and types and what are these tools even made of. Good questions. Okay, well, let's start with bypass versus um, anvil, okay? So a lot of people um, still have an anvil pruner, anvil hand pruner somewhere in their shed. And uh, it's funny, I've looked at the best independent garden centers recently, very few of them in their selection anymore. It used to be 50-50, now virtually none. And it's because the anvil hand pruner is not that useful. <laughs> well, why Why not? What is it designed for and how, how is it different from this? So it's functionally different. Okay, well, I'll explain the functional difference. So I have in my hand, for the people on Facebook Live, I have a bypass pruner in my hand, which is sort of what comes to mind when you picture a hand pruner. And that's, uh, you've got one sharp blade and then you've got a flat blade that's sort of shaped like a hook and the sharp blade shears past, more like a scissor. Um, it shears along the flat side, the flat hook blade, if you will, and uh, it, it bypasses it, hence the name. Aha, I always wondered why. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that's why it's called a bypass pruner. It bypasses that blunt blade. Whereas an anvil pruner, and I don't even have a hand, hand one here, but I, I have a, an anvil lopper. I'll just grab that quickly. <laughs> He'll be back in a moment. Yep. Um, Let's see what you've got So there. this is a ratcheting anvil lopper, and you can see uh, that... The sharp blade, the cutting blade, comes down on a flat surface, almost like a knife on a cutting board. And it, it, it works well for something like dead wood, but it doesn't work very well with green wood, which is why um, a hand pruner, you're mostly cutting green wood because it's young um, types of shoots or whatever that you're cutting. Um, whereas dead wood, you're not cutting, you shouldn't be cutting with a hand pruner. And... Um, what else is wrong with it? It'll crush the wood if the cutting blade isn't sharp enough. Wow. Very common problem. It crushes the okay. wood. And the other thing is a bypass pruner gets up nice and close to where you're cutting. 
So it doesn't leave um, a long sort of stem sticking out, yes. which allows it to heal over really well. Whereas the anvil has kind of got a gap on both sides of that blunt cutting surface, which means it's really hard to get close. And if it's not a perfectly sharp cutting blade, you're not going to cut all the way through, and then you end up with that stripping problem, which you described. Exactly. So basically, for anybody who is looking for the basic fruit tree uh, care pruning tool or fruit tree pruning tool, you're looking for a bypass pruner. Yes. And that's what we have here on this table. Now, there are loads of different ones. They look different, but what are they made of, or does that even matter? It totally matters. It really matters. So... Um, at the very least, you want to have a high carbon, high yeah, high, a high carbon steel, which the the carbon content in the alloy basically it gives it hardness is the term for it, but it means that rather than um, bend, it'll just break. That's the downside oh. of high carbon, but it's a good thing because it means it'll hold its edge. Oh, it's still very very strong, but a mild steel doesn't hold its edge. It gets dull. So you can kind of so that's that's sort of the technical difference. Is high carbon holds its holds its edge and under ordinary circumstances will never break, but it holds its edge much better because it has a higher carbon content in um, in the alloy. Uh, some are, are coated with different things. Some of them are titanium coated. Um, some of them are stainless steel, which prevents rust, which is really really good. But that's what you're looking for in the blade is something that's going to hold an edge. And then in the handle, um, there's some sort of traditional styles like this one which I have in my hand it's all steel the whole way down um, it looks has sort of a classic look to it yes it gets quite heavy in the hand right and it's amazing sort of the repetitive motion and holding your arm out extended how that will really uh, over time you'll start to feel the fatigue of that right? and that makes sense because if you're pruning a bunch like hundreds of fruit trees or even 25 or even seven yes you know it's a lot of squeezing i do find in the beginning of the season my my pruning hand gets a little tired yeah. so with a heavy tool i can see why that might make it worse exactly yep um so i before we move on to the handles and the alternative materials does the blade make sense a high carbon seal blade yes that makes sense okay because a, a mild steel rather than um, hold its edge it'll just bend or, or go dull um, so then in the handles, you can have an aluminum handle, which I prefer personally because it's sort of a good trade-off between lightweight and strength, or there's more and more plastic handles on the market all the time, like what you have in your hand. So what I'm holding is a Fiskars uh, pruner. Now, I, I must say the reason, one of the many reasons I think Fiskars is wonderful, mm -hmm. they have a nice program that supports community orchards and community gardens, and they donated a bunch of tools to our orchard. So yeah, so this is the plastic handle, and it's more lightweight. Yes. This has something else. There is some tricky, turny, rolly thing that happens when yeah. you squeeze the pruner. I don't know what that is. So that's for, for ergonomics. And this is where you can really get kind of, I don't know, lost in the weeds. And this is where uh, the options multiply many, many, many times. Um, yeah, so. that's versus this one, which has no twisted handles and i'm holding a felco pruner and it doesn't twist yes okay so it's called the power gear oh that's power what fiskers gear. calls it okay. so you can see the the handle rolls it rolls in your hand it's and an ergonomic thing yeah so it should give you fewer blisters right okay that makes sense yep now everybody has their own preference Right. Mine is that this overcomplicates things. Right. You don't like complications. I understand <laughs> no. everybody has their stuff, right? Yes. Everybody has their stuff. Now, I just want to, to do a little shout out here. We got an email from Shane. 
Shane says, hi, Susan, love your show. I used to live in Toronto, but now I live in Hawaii. Oh, my goodness. Wonderful. Great information. Thank you. So Jane is now, oh, sorry. Shane Shane is now um, eligible to win a hand printer. We'll see who else. We've got another email from Sean. Hi, very informative. I live in Lexington, Kentucky. I need new tools. Well, (laughs) that sounds like a plea. Yes, I'm glad you're listening to the show because either you may win one or you will know what to get after this conversation. That's right. Okay, let's talk about, you know, different brands. I I actually, and by the way, if you're listening and you want to tune in and see what we're talking about, go to Facebook and go to the Susan Poisner Facebook page and you'll see the live feed. And that's P-O-I-Z-N-E-R. Okay, so we're going to talk about different brands for, you know, all sorts of tools, but mostly our hand pruners. Mm -hmm. Uh, Can you group them somehow? Like, there are just so many to choose from. Okay, so they're sort of uh, high, very high-quality professional-grade tools. And then they're sort of uh, high-quality home gardener tool. And then there's crap. Right. <laughs> can, I, can I call it that? You I mean, can call just, it that. That's a technical term. That's a technical yeah. term, and it's just not worth your time. Right. right. Okay. And what is that, the stuff you get from a dollar store or, Or you know? even just the cheapest thing on the rack. Right. Uh, at, at even a good hardware store. Some people come in, and they don't want to spend more than 10 bucks. Right. And maybe that's because they lose them. Maybe that's because everything gets stolen. And but and why would that be so bad? As long as it cuts our branch. Yes. You know, as long as, I wish I had an example of one of those dollar stores, but as long, hopefully yeah. not in this not very effective way that i'm showing but yeah (laughs) well the it's going to have a mild steel blade it's going to be the first thing so it's not going to hold an edge it's going to get dull very quickly it'll probably rust uh oftentimes the springs pop out and the gear mechanism gets gummy oh uh which it can become very difficult to clean right and the best ones you can clean right and um and it's probably going to be heavy. It's not going to be useful for uh, repetitive strain. So right. I recommend always go for, I mean, it depends on who you're talking to. We can start at the top. The Felco 2 yes. is sort of the granddaddy. Okay. Right. So this is this this is about $90, made in Switzerland. Aha. Yes. They're famous for making knives, I guess, and scissors and stuff. And I Yeah, they're famous. I actually think Felco is, I have a brother-in-law who's Swiss and sells cutting equipment, and I think Felco yes. made their name on pruning shears. Oh, really? Okay. I think they okay, did. So and they branched into other do. things. They do, yeah. they do nurserymen's knives or nursery people's knives, um, orchard people knives. Um, <laughs> but this is how they made their name, on the Felco 2, which uh, professional nursery growers all around the world depend on it's sort of a signature and uh what's so great about it you can take it apart and clean it very easily mm-hmm. so it comes with um this key oh yeah so this key allows you basically to we can Let's show them so this yeah you can see you can see the black mechanism there yes um it's got uh like a ratchet on it oh goodness. and uh this allows you to adjust the tension on that so how easily it opens and closes and um, it also allows you to take it apart wow yeah yeah so taking it apart makes it easy to clean makes it easy to sharpen exactly and felco they expect that you're going to use this tool so much that even though it's top quality swiss made blah 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 um, they expect you're going to use it so much you can even buy a replacement blade for it wow so this one i'm holding in my hands is about 90 canadian dollars which is a lot of money yeah that's a lot of that's a lot investment. of That's a lot of apples. Yeah, um, <laughs> that's an investment. <laughs> totally. A lot of apples. But yeah. you can buy a replacement blade for it for thirty. 
Right. So so it could last you a decade. Oh, could easily. Yeah. I mean, I think there are probably people out there who've had them for many decades, actually. I got to tell you, the other good thing is it has a bright red handle. Yes. Now, for those of us who have accidentally thrown our expensive pruners into the compost pile, into the city compost collection and never to be seen again, yep. or just to be lost in a shrubby garden somewhere, yep. at least the red handle will, you know, help you find it. The red handle stands out, which minimizes those odds of loss. You're yes. absolutely right about that. And... Um, Felco, Felco has a variety of models. Again, they have some ergonomic ones with the rotating handles um, that I don't like as much because they tend to get dirty and loose. Right. Um, and that you'll notice the professionals tend to stick to the Felco 2. And for people with small hands, the Felco 6. Okay. So it's a classic design. And I wouldn't veer from that in their line. I think there's better ergonomic options out there if you're looking for one. Now... Something that, you know, these all sorts of things like this, you can order anything online, but there is nothing like trying it in your hand because you can order something and it's supposed to be good. And I'm going to hold this big, wow, it is quite heavy, this heavy yeah. old uh, yeah. hand pruner here. Traditional bypass pruner. Traditional bypass pruner. I'm holding it in my hand and I'm feeling tired after squeezing it twice. Yeah. So... And that's but I could order this online and not know, yes. you know, I could have read reviews about it and that it's wonderful, but I could not know that, oh boy, I'm going to get really tired using this. I think you're right. And I'm going to yeah. make a plug, not for any banner in particular, yes. but for your local independent retailer. Right. This is where you go into a bricks and mortar store yeah. um, and you ask them. I mean, we work with Home Hardware. It's a cooperative of independent dealers. Um, these Falcos came from Sheridan. Sheridan Nurseries is a very good independent garden center. And when you go in, this is really interesting. They have all of the Felcos uh, at a bin that's full of um, wood like this. And you can test drive That's perfect. every model. And when that you're making an investment like this, yeah. you want to test drive it. Yeah. And similarly, if you go to a home hardware or a good independent retailer and say, do you mind if I take these out of the package and just yes. give them a squeeze? Yep. Because I'm going to spend, you know, even for a decent pair, 30 bucks, 40 bucks. Right. And you want to make sure they work. You want to make sure they work. Yeah. So you want to test it in your hand. So we talked yep. about Felco. You yes. talked about, so give us another, you know, few options or where we would go on the spectrum there. Okay. So Felco is sort of like the creme de la creme and they have an outstanding uh, reputation. And then uh, one that's sort of nipping at their heels is uh, it's Okatsume. Okay. Oh, yes, I heard about them. They're Japanese. Okatsume, yes. Okatsume, a yes. Japanese brand that makes tools and pruners. I heard that they are very exciting and popular for the people in the know. For the people which in the course, know. Which, of course, that's us. Yeah, that's us. Right. We know about this stuff. It's our job to know about <laughs> exactly. this stuff. So, and you guys. <laughs> and you guys. So I will, uh, full disclosure, um, I've brought home uh, their hose and their cutting tools like the... Um, sort of like a scythe for harvesting cabbage and things like that. And I can attest to the quality of their blades, which are very, very well reviewed online. There's a cult following for their blades online um, and their pruners. And from people that I've talked to about the pruners, uh, it's people, they do a really good model for smaller hands. Okay. So, and, and I think when it comes down to it, there's people with big hands and there's people with small hands. <laughs> Those yes. are sort of your two groups. Yes. And then there's people with arthritis and right. we can get to that. And, um, the, that they might need a ratcheting pruner, which we can talk about. Um, but for people who want a quality pruner that's a little better priced than a Falco, but from what I, from everything I've heard and from my ex direct experience with the blades, probably comparable quality. Uh, check them out, but they're not very well distributed. 
So you, okay. they might not have it. You may have to order them online, in which case you don't get to try it. Exactly. So yes. that's your kind of catch twenty two. Yes, and they are they apparently aren't as cushioned either. So when you're when you're using them, there's a bit of um, uh, it's a harder cut. Yes. So um, we have an email from Brent. Okay. Hello from Jetto, Michigan. Susan, Ooh. which company in the U.S. would you recommend buying your pruners from? Um, <laughs> I, I have to get your live Facebook, your live feed on Facebook. So, yes, there is a live feed on Facebook right now. You guys can tune into, but it's on the Susan Poisner Facebook page. P-O-I-Z-N-E-R. And I hope you can see it. Hopefully you can see it. Mm -hmm. But anyways, so where would you suggest? I mean, you mentioned local garden centers. Yes. Yes. Always. I mean, start with your local garden center. It's a competitive business. If they're still there, it's because they're doing a good job. Yeah. And um, see what they have in stock. If you're looking for a brand, obviously Mark's Choice isn't distributed in the U.S. Mm -hmm. um, but if you're looking for a good quality consumer brand, that, I think, takes us to Fiskars. Okay. Unless you're ready to dole out the money for Falcos, which, you know, if you're going to take care of them, it has a long time. So Fiskars, where will Fiskars be in the price range? Premium consumer. I've never seen a professional nursery person. I spent a okay. long time on commercial nurseries. Never seen a commercial <coughs> nursery person using Fiskars. And that's because the plastic doesn't hold up that well, and the mechanism here can get a little gummed up. But they're comfortable. Right. And they've got great quality blades. Right. So. Okay. But are they, now you showed us um, with the Felco that you can take it apart. Yes. Now okay. that one, I don't know if, you, I don't think you can take that one apart. We're not sure. Yes. Yeah, so we're not uh, sure with the Fiskars if you can take it apart. Doesn't mean you can't sharpen it and take care of it. Right. But yes. Yes. And and taking it apart <laughs> isn't absolutely necessary. We're okay. talking really heavy users. Right. You know, like a few thousand cuts per season. Okay. Um, another really good, well-distributed brand is Corona. Yes. So Corona and Fiskars are sort of of a league with one another. Now, Corona tends to follow Falco's design lead a little more. So if you look, Corona yes. does the Mark's Choice. Now, we bypass. have one of those open there. Yeah, we okay, have one so open. so let's show that. So this is what we're giving away. It looks like a Falco. It feels like a Falco. <laughs> it smells like a Falco. I'm not so sure about that. <laughs> it smells like steel and oil. <laughs> yes. Um, but it's a much more attractive price point. So how much does that go for here in Canada? About 30, I think it's $32. $32 in Canada. Oh gosh, for you Americans, that's a bargain. That's a bargain. Oh, that's like what? Was about 15 cents US? But sorry no. guys, in the US, I don't think you can order them there. You can't can order, order the Corona. But you can order Corona. And yes. so we when we launched our line of pruners, we did it in partnership with Corona because we agreed with their uh, their standards. Right. So uh, Mark's Choice is a premium gardening brand uh, for home gardeners, not necessarily commercial but people have used them commercial. Uh, so Corona is sort of at that league where it's it's got an aluminum handle, it's got the high carbon blade, and uh, it'll be widely available in the U.S. Perfect. Yeah. Okay, so that's your mid-range. Mid-range. Now, did you want to talk about the lowest range? I mean, you mentioned that the, the brand title was called Crap, according to you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't want to call anyone out. No. Um, and I think it's really, that's the kind of thing that you get from, from you know, dollar stores, I guess. Or is there brands? I don't even know if there are brands. Uh, I don't. I yeah. mean, I, I always look and I don't recognize the brands. So. And guys, by the way, there will be other brands that we haven't uh, talked about in all yes. different levels. Like, for instance, I know these are loppers. We may talk about them later. So these are bigger. They're Dram. Dram does uh, really beautiful products that are uh, mostly for watering, I think. Yeah, they're mostly um, commercial watering wands. And yet what I love, I don't know if they do hand pruners, Dram. 
I do. I love this pair of loppers. So a lopper is a two-handed tool that can do thicker branches. Yes. And this is a very nice tool. I like it a lot. I love the fact that it comes in different colors. <laughs> it's a bright blue metallic color. And if you are a fashionable gardener, you're going to go for something like this probably. But I don't know if they do hand tools. So there are other brands. There's What is there the is other? Baco? Um, Baco is big. They're made in France. Okay. And Baco is sort of a funny hybrid between uh, Felco and um, Fisker. They have a plastic handle, so they're lighter feeling. Um, but they sort of have a Felco quality and almost Felco um, price point. Very close. Okay. Well, I think it is time now for us to hear a few words from our wonderful sponsors. But we're going to talk a lot more after the break about how, uh, how to care for these tools. You know, you're going to splash out some good money on good tools, mm -hmm. and you want to take good care of them. So we'll talk about that in a minute. For those of you who are listening to RealityRadio101.com, that's awesome. If you want to see what we're talking about, go to Facebook. Find the Susan Poisoner Facebook page, P-O-I-Z-N-E-R, and hopefully you can see the feed. For those of you who are going to be listening to the podcast, it will be available on orchardpeople.com, so you can see it there. So a few words from our amazing sponsors. If you want to email us with questions or comments, email instudio101 at gmail.com, and you can win a pair of Mark's Choice hand pruners just by sending us an email, just even to say hi. You're listening to the Urban Forestry Radio Show on Reality Radio 101. We talk about fruit trees, food forests, permaculture, and arboriculture. And I'm Susan Poisner from the Fruit Tree Education website, orchardpeople.com. We'll be back soon. In healthy soil, there's so much activity going on. Microorganisms thrive, and good bacteria feed on sugars that seep out of plant and tree roots. In return, these bacteria transform nutrients in the soil into fertility that our plants can enjoy. But what if you don't have perfect soil? Those friendly bacteria may not be active, and your plants and trees may not thrive. There is a solution, though. Earth Alive Soil Activator is an organic biofertilizer that contains three carefully selected bacterial strains that will make nutrients in the soil available to your plants. And your plant or tree will thank you with better growth and a better harvest. Earth Alive Soil Activator has been shown to boost yields in crops including avocados, grapes, strawberries, and even guavas. Go to earthalivect.com to learn more about it and let our friendly bacteria bring your growing spaces back to life. If you want your fruit trees to live a long and healthy and productive life, it's essential that you water them properly when they're young. You need to water slowly and deeply so the moisture seeps into your young tree's expanding root system. That sounds easy enough, but you'd be surprised at how often the water you provide for your trees just rolls away, leaving its young roots high and dry. That's why we at TreePans.com have worked with orchards to develop a product that ensures all the water gets to your tree's root system. Our expandable tree pans funnel rain or irrigation water to the drip line of your young trees. Additionally, tree pans eliminate weed growth under the tree canopy, as well as protect your trees from mowers, tractors, and weed whips. Tree pans are used in orchards, city parks, and in residential yards. And once your young tree is established, 
you can move your tree pans to another young tree. Learn more about tree pans at treepans.com. Welcome back to the Urban Forestry Radio Show with your host, Susan Poisner, right here on Reality Radio 101. To get on board, send us an email right now. Our email address is instudio101 at gmail.com. And now, right back to your host of the Urban Forestry Radio Show, Susan Poisner. You're listening to the Urban Forestry Radio Show on Reality Radio 101. I'm Susan Poisner, author of the award-winning Fruit Tree Care book, Growing Urban Orchards, and creator of the Fruit Tree Care training website, orchardpeople.com. In this show, we talk about fruit trees, food forests, permaculture, and arboriculture. In today's episode, we are talking about fruit tree tools and how to take care of them. My guest in the studio is garden writer and columnist Ben Cullen. And boy, do we have a table full of tools right now. <laughs> you can see it if you're watching us on the live Facebook feed on the Susan Poisner, P-O-I-Z-N-E-R, Susan Poisner Facebook page. And soon you'll be able to see it on orchardpeople.com. So, Ben, we were talking about how important it is to maintain your tools properly. So in order for them to really continue to cut sharply and cleanly the branches that you're cutting. And, mm -hmm. you know, I have at the table, there's a bunch of really badly... Um, <laughs> I just these badly pruned, no, well, but they're unsharpened tools that really yes. aren't doing a good job at cutting the branch. And so you get these shaggy little ends on the branches that can, you know, cause pest and disease problems or peeling bark and that kind of problem. So what's involved in maintaining a tool properly? Okay, well, uh, first and foremost, it's probably about keeping it clean and sterile, right? So um, historically, people have used bleach. Right. We don't. I've heard it's not good that it can corrode the tool. It can corrode the tool, yeah, especially the aluminum handles, apparently. Um, but it's not good for the metal. Uh, you really have to watch the concentration of bleach that you're using. Okay. So uh, I noticed that you've got some alcohol here. Handy. How did I know to bring my alcohol? <laughs> How did you know yeah, to bring your alcohol? Yes. <laughs> wow. So yes. you're prepared. Now, so you paid $1.25 for this? Yes, I paid $1.25, and you can get rubbing alcohol for cleaning your tools in a little spray uh, thing like this from, you know, your pharmacy or whatever. Super convenient. So when you're pruning your fruit tree and you're going from tree to tree, let's say you finished one beautiful tree, an apple tree, and you want to make sure not to spread any disease to the next tree, yeah. I personally just spray some of this on the blade and then use a clean rag to wipe it off. That's exactly what you should be doing to sterilize. It's okay. perfect. Now, um, sometimes depending on the type of pruning that you're doing, probably not too much with your fruit trees, but often you'll get sap on there. It's like a gunk, which attracts dirt. Um, orange oil is pretty good, like a citrus oil. Uh, oh. There's some orange cleaners out there. Like oh, that. really? And yeah. there, are they specifically tool cleaners, or where do you no, get that? No, they're like an all-purpose cleaner. You can also use Lysol or uh, oh, Simple right. Green. Simple Green's a good one. Uh, okay. Because it's relatively sort of innocuous. Um, just to get the sap off. Okay. And then uh, that'll prevent it from working its way into the, the gear mechanism. Right. Or the, uh, yeah. So yes, and I can see that here in this 
That's probably happened. much neglected tool that I have. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So you've got that. And then um, you want to protect it from corrosion as well. Right. So you can oil them preventatively to do that. Um, now, I have a three in one house. Look how old that can is. See how yes. see the okay. layer. So here is a three. This is the French side. We are in Canada. <laughs> three in one household oil. Where yes. would you get this? Where did you get this in 1920? Because it looks like a really, really old can. Uh, the hardware store. Okay. And the reason why we have such an old can is because you lo- use so little of it, really. Right. Uh, you just use a drop and uh, you don't want any residue on the blade. Now, I know from speaking to people that there's been a movement away from this household oil because, because I think it's, pe- it's petroleum-based. Right. Um, and now I've never seen any direct evidence that having oil residue on a pruner could harm your tree. But in the interest of the environment and you know cleaning up your shop and keeping this stuff out there's alternatives you can use like a mineral oil mineral oil okay so we have mineral oil around we've been we do use it um what about vegetable oil i don't like like veggie or olive oil because in the cold it kind of gets glommy and right like when you store your tools and it can break down but people have been using boiled linseed oil which i think is a little finer Okay. It might uh, might hold up a little better. No, I don't know if I'm allowed to expose a family secret. Go for it. It's safe in this room. Guess what? It's your family. Oh, no. Oh, no. So I heard that you guys sometimes recycle oil in order to clean your tools. Is that that true? (gasps) We totally do. If you, um, like, if you change the oil in the lawnmower or whatever. Yes. What do you do? Like, what do you, you're not going to go pour that in a ditch or something. Right. right? So we keep it around for lubricant. I, we oil our bikes with it. We that, This has probably been refilled with old lawnmower oil at some point. Right. Uh, now we're trying our best to get away from the gas gas implements, but um, why not, right? But you know what? If you have to use that stuff, you might as well reuse the oil for productive purposes. Yeah. Okay. So you're going to oil. Now we have the oil. We have a tool. I have brought a clean rag. Oh, good for you. Okay. Okay. So again, if you're watching on Facebook, you can see this. Um, But if you are just listening on realityradio101.com, you can imagine this in your mind's eye. Well, hang on. I don't want to get ahead of ourselves. You know what you might want to do before you oil it is sharpen it. Now, you would sharpen it first. I would sharpen it first. Why is that? Because when you sharpen the blade, you're going to expose raw metal. Uh Uh-huh. Right? And so you want to condition that metal before it has the opportunity to oxidize and start corroding. Okay, so show us. You have a little sharpening tool. I have a little sharpening tool here. So this is a carbide sharpener. So it's basically a metal that's just that much tougher than the metal that's in your blade. And um, it's very light, handheld, easy to use. And this is what you would use, what we would use for 90% of our sharpening, because uh, to use a stone such as this, which is sort of the traditional way of sharpening blades, okay. uh, you, you have to sort of disassemble the whole thing and take the blade off, right. which you don't always have time to do, and um, it can be quite a mess. Okay, so I have two things right now in my hand, yes. and I'm going to put them up. So you've got your little carbide. Yep carbide tool, a little plastic tool with a tiny blade versus the sharpening stone, which is bigger than my hand and really best if you can take apart your tool into pieces. Mm -hmm. So Ben, you're going to demonstrate the carbide tool okay, on your Corona made um, hand pruner. So let's see how, what, where do you, what do you do? Do you, do you sharpen both parts? You definitely do not sharpen both parts. Okay. Um, you really put, uh, the emphasis on the outside of the cutting blade. 
Okay. So the, I'm going to cut that cord on this <laughs> mic. Um, so the, the emphasis is on the outside of the cutting blade because the inside needs to stay tight with the blunt hook blade. Okay. See what I mean? Okay. So you're sharpening the outside. That makes sense. Yep. And if you look closely, you'll see the angle that the, yeah. bra- that the blade was forged into or tempered into. And um, so you want to you wanna hit the blade at that angle with the carbide and just pull it across, basically. And um, holding it at that angle. And then on the other side, you're going to get a little bit of barb. Okay. So you can just do one pass to clean it up. Wow. And you're really not pressing that hard. No, you don't want to put too much pressure on it. Because if you go at too much of an angle, there is a danger that you'll you'll make the, bl- the blade even more blunt. Right. Okay. So just to summarize, you're holding your blade, you're holding your pruners in front of you. He, yep. um, Ben has not taken apart this particular pair. Nope. Nope. Okay. And you're finding the angle of the sharp blade only because a bypass pruner has one sharp yep. blade and the other part is blunt. You're never touch the blunt part. Never even touch it. There's, yep. So he's pointing the tool at his very own nose. <laughs> okay. He's well, pointing it at his nose and pulling the carbide tool Along that angle towards his nose. Yep. And I do it that way because um, I can see it better that way. Now, also, this tool came with this pair of pruners. Right. So the plastic actually is is set such that you don't have to guess the angle right. because the plastic creates that angle for you. So I couldn't use that tool, for instance, on this Fisker's pruner. Um you could, could actually. Could I? Let's see if that works. Why don't you try that? So you, we're going to try it. Yeah. Because or I know really you can ones. buy those carbide tools separately, I think. Yep. You can. Okay. So show everybody what you're doing. That's great. And on you're just Facebook going. On the Facebook feed. You're going along the length of the blade. And then there's a tiny bit of barb on the inside. And very lightly, because you don't actually want to create any angle on the inside blade. Just very lightly. Just You're essentially just wiping off okay. any barb that might have... Um, come over to the inside of the blade. Right. So very lightly on the inside and then sort of at that angle on the outside. So when we say outside and inside, the inside is the part that's going to, uh, they're both going to touch the tree. The the inside is the part that's closer to the bottom prong of your hand pruner. Does that make sense? Yeah. Or the inside... The inside of the cutting blade is what makes contact Uh with the the um, lower part. Stationary blunt. Yes, the oh. blunt part. Yeah. Okay. Um, we have an email from Tate. Yep. Okay. Uh, and Tate says, hi, folks listening from Toronto. Yay, Toronto. Love your topic today. Whoever really talks about gardening tools. Thanks for the advice, Tate. And that's a really great comment because we talk about gardening all the time and hardly ever really, especially how to care for your tools. No, it's yeah. true. Now, we've got an email as well from John. Hi, Susan. Enjoying the show as usual. Thank you. No question this time other than to say I have always used Falco pruners with good results. And John is from London. John, you're not alone. A lot of people love Falcos. It's, yeah, people are very committed to their Falcos. We've got an email from Andy. Hi, folks. Finally, spring is here. Andy says, I live in Belleville, Ontario. Is it good to, a good time to prune now? And I would say to you, yes. Now, here's what I would say, Andy, in a word. And when I'm talking about pruning specifically fruit trees, if your fruit tree is a young fruit tree or if it is um, a slow-growing fruit tree like an apple tree, 
Dormant is the best time to prune because it spurs vigorous growth. It makes your, your tree grow really fast. If you've got a huge cherry tree, something like that, um, that you really don't want to get any bigger, then you can do summer pruning. And, and Andy, if you go to my website, orchardpeople.com, and there is an article, you can just go in the search bar and go when to prune. And it will talk about the different times that you prune and the strategies behind it. So you can check that out, Andy. Great. Okay. Yeah. Do we have time to talk about oil or do we? Let's then talk about oil. And okay. yeah, let's talk about oil and let's talk about, um, yeah, let's okay. go for oil. So oil, this, now this prune, this um, carbide sharpener has in its handle a sponge with mineral oil on it. Oh. So it's really easy to just dab on about as much as you need on the inside of the blade and then some on the outside as well, just for conditioning and protection. Now this is in that carbide tool. So whoever wins, if you email in and you win the Mark's Choice Bypass Pruner, you're going to get one of these. And I had one of these and I had no idea that you had this sponge at the end of the sharpening tool. That's great. So it's sealed. It's got just a few drops of mineral oil in it. And um, and now you're only doing the blade. You don't do any other mechanism. Um, like, for instance, here yes, in okay. my poor Falcos, I'm so embarrassed to show all you guys <laughs> the state of my Falcos. But there is room in there to oil, uh, you know, I don't know, the, around where the, the lock is. And yeah. The lock. Now, it's going to be really hard to do that with a sponge. The sponge is designed for the, the edge. Okay. So we could do some rehab on that. And I would use this three in one oil. Right. Use motor oil. Yeah, use anything for this poor you thing to use, save it. And, yeah. and because you're going to need to put some drops in it. Right. So you want to drop it. And then that way, a few drops of oil is going to allow it to penetrate. Yes. And then that's when you'd use your rag to just get any uh, drops off that are running away. Okay. And finally, but we are going to go to commercials in just one minute. Now, somewhere on here, we have a couple of things. I want to talk about the difference. Yes. We've got a file, a sharpening file. I'm showing this on the Facebook f- feed, mm-hmm. which hopefully you guys have found on the Susan Poisner Facebook page. Oh, we've got smaller files. Yes. We've got files of all different sizes. Oh, this is a nice one with a wooden handle. Yes. So when would we use a file... Can you guys see that? Hopefully. When would we use a file rather than the carbide tool? Uh, so the files you have in your hand are for sharpening saws. Uh-huh. So this this is a Felco pruning okay. saw. So this is an orchard saw. And the files that you have in your hand are for sharpening something such as this. Wow. Yep. So you'd want to get in there. Um, it takes a few minutes. Oh, boy. <laughs> I can imagine. So you put it. You would put this in a vise. Oh. In your in your shop, if you have one. Of course, we all have shops. Well, <laughs> okay, shed. maybe not. Yes, in my shed. At your kitchen counter. Yes, if you keep that's a vice more likely. There. Yes. So if you've got a vice, you would put the blade in the vice. Yes. And then you would use the small file there. Um, Let's see, which is oh, I saw this one, this tiny one. It, it depends. This one's round. Okay. Um, do we have one here with a? Uh, yeah, this one would work. So you ha- use a f- small file, and then you go backwards first. Even this one's too big, actually. Wow. Um, this is the one I want. So you would go backwards first, and then you would get... So that's the draw, which right. is when you pull back. That's the cutting. Right. And then you would do um, the frontward motion. And you have to look very closely, but you'd go across and you'd sharpen each individual time. Okay, this is a handsaw, and I don't think I would attempt this myself. You get it done professionally. I would get it done professionally. There must be people out there who can sharpen handsaws. You bet there is. Yep. 
There yeah. is um, your heart, local hardware store. My oh. local hardware store. Often so I would bring it in service. there. Yeah. So basically, even this larger file, would I never use that on my hand tools? Uh, you would use that on a shovel. Uh-huh. You would use that to sharpen your shovel or your lawnmower blade. That's okay. what that's designed for. Now, I don't know yeah. if you've ever seen this. Guys, this is gorgeous. Okay. Mm-hmm. I am showing an oval piece of metal on the mm-hmm. Facebook feed. You can see it. And... Guys, it has diamonds in it. Wow. I know. Pretty and for $25, <laughs> I got a diamond studded wow. file. So I would think you use this, and it is specifically made by Felco. Here's yep. the packaging. Made by Felco sharpening tool. So I'm assuming this is okay for, and this is not Felco pruners, but um yep. I am assuming this is okay. So let's see if I learned anything at all from what you did. Mm-hmm. I'm pointing the tool at me, so the tool is pointing at my nose. Okay. Yep. I'm doing the outside of the, 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 the top sharper blade. Of the cutting blade, yep. Of the cutting blade, and I'm bringing this towards me. Perfect. On yeah. an angle. On an angle. Okay. That's so the way to do it. So there we go. And so I'm using the diamond studded one because that's yep. the kind of person I am. Well, you just have well. a little more glamour. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay. Let us take a few minutes and listen to some commercials from our amazing sponsors. Thank you, sponsors. And then we're going to come back after the break. We are going to talk about loppers. And Ooh. loppers are amazing. I love loppers. You're listening to the Urban Forestry Radio Show on Reality Radio 101. And we're going to be back just in one or two minutes. So hang in there. Looking for a quick, easy to apply, and all natural fertilizer to use in your vegetable and flower gardens or for your fruit trees? Why not work with Mother Nature? Layer hand manure is a terrific fertilizer, and this is what Actisol does by transforming the manure from their egg farms into an efficient fertilizer. The manure is dried using a technology that harnesses the heat given off by the hands. No other heat source is needed. Actisol is easy to use, safe for the environment, children, and pets. You can purchase Actisol products at your local garden center or order in bulk. For more information, visit www.acti-sol.ca. Actisol, the mother hen fertilizer. If you're thinking of planting fruit trees and you're looking for a wide selection of cultivars, consider Wiffle Tree Nursery. Our 62-page full-color catalog includes over 300 varieties of fruit and nut trees, berries, grapes, and other edible perennial plants. Not only that, in our catalog, we help you through the selection process with tips and advice about all aspects of growing fruit trees. You can learn about adding nitrogen-fixing plants, rootstock choices, and even about planting a windbreak if you have a windy site. We're a one-stop shop as we sell fruit tree care books, pruning tools, organic sprays, and natural fertilizers. We're located in Alora, Ontario, but we can ship all over Canada. Call us at 519-669-1349 to order your catalog. That's 519-669-1349. Whiffletree Nursery. Call us today.
Welcome back to the Urban Forestry Radio Show with your host, Susan Poisner, right here on Reality Radio 101. To get on board, send us an email right now. Our email address is instudio101 at gmail.com. And now, right back to your host of the Urban Forestry Radio Show, Susan Poisner. Hi, everyone. I'm Susan Poisner, and this is the Urban Forestry Radio Show on Reality Radio 101. On this live show and podcast, we talk about the nicer things in life, like fruit trees, food forests, permaculture, and arboriculture. And thank you so much for tuning in. So in today's program, we've been talking about tools, how to choose them and how to care for them. And we're going to now, we've been talking, focusing on hand tools that you can use in one hand only. Um, But we are going to, let's talk a little bit about uh, loppers, which are a bigger tool. My guest in the studio today is Ben Cullen. And Ben brought a whole bunch of tools with him. And oh my gosh, that looks like a torture implement. Now, (laughs) by the way, if you want to see what we're talking about and you're listening live, you can go to the live Facebook feed on the Susan Poisner, P-O-I-Z-N-E-R, Facebook page. Eventually, it will go on the Orchard People Facebook page once um, once this is finished recording. Okay, so Ben, uh, we've got a bunch of different loppers here. How is a yes. lopper different from a hand pruner? Well, loppers give you predominantly two things. Okay. They give you leverage and they give you reach. Okay. So, for example, this one's got extendable aluminum handles. Oh, my God, that's great. Which is really great. Yeah. So it allows so me to reach. If I wanted to take a chunk out of that ceiling tile, I could. Oh, I don't down. think Gary in the studio would like it if you did that. <laughs> Do you mind not? I won't. Okay, But that's you. only to illustrate the reach that that provides you. So, so let's see what that looks like. So you see it's a two-handed tool. I love the fact that it's extendable if you've got a really tall tree. Yes. Okay. And so they come um, much like hand pruners they also come in either bypass or um, anvil okay Uh, you'd be more likely to get an anvil lopper because you're more likely to be reaching for dead branches and dead wood right so the mechanism works for that and uh, the other thing you're more likely to get with a lopper is a ratcheting mechanism because you're probably going to be going for thicker branches as well so what does ratcheting mean? What does so, that mean? And you're showing something here in the video part. Yes. So this is, you hear that clicking? Yeah, let's show them. Uh, let's show these guys. So the, there's a, you can see uh, at the bottom, where okay. sort of underneath where the joint is, Yeah. there's that um, gear. Okay. And basically it allows the cutting blade to grasp at different diameters and it gives you different amounts of leverage. Okay. The way that this ratcheting mechanism works. But there's others. Um, but what is the point? Does it mean I can do thicker branches? Exactly. So it enhances uh-huh. your leverage. Because as it is, so most of the loppers I use have smaller blades. So they can do like a half an inch maybe branch. Yeah. Um, and I can handle that no problem. As it is now, if I need to do a thicker branch, yep. I will use my handsaw. Yeah. Which oh, I, I love. I Oops, that it's one all in. buckled up. Yeah. Okay. So I will use a handsaw. Yeah. But what you're saying is there is another option, and that would be to get a pair of loppers that have this ratcheting device. Yes. And um, at the very extreme end of that, we have what we call the monster lopper. Oh my gosh. And that's this that's this thing, <laughs> this torture device. Okay. And Two-handed wh- tool again, very big, and with a very uh, interesting hook at the end. 
with yes. the blade that comes in. Okay. So, so in this, so it is an anvil. It almost, but to visualize it, it looks more like, wouldn't you say, a guillotine? Almost. Yes, it does look like a guillotine. So, so don't put your finger in there. Don't put your finger anywhere yeah. near it. Yeah. Um, what this? This is a Mark's Choice product, but there yeah. are other ones out there. Um, what this one does away with is slippage. So if you're cutting a big branch, often you're cutting, cutting, maybe it's wet, whatever, it'll slide out. Right. Um, this, the the cutting the cutting platform yes. of the anvil lopper type. So this yep. is an anvil type lopper. So it's got a blunt cutting platform and then a sharp blade. Right. That cuts against, like a knife on a cutting board. So that blunt side is shaped like a hook. Right. So it hooks around the branch up to an inch and a half. And I've used this an inch and a half on hardwood. It's got a gear mechanism for additional leverage. And then a sta- high carbon stainless steel blade sh- cuts through like a knife. It just forces through. And it's a tremendous amount of power. Um, but, but again, it's only for deadwood. This particular anvil type yes. would only be for deadwood. Uh, we've used it on live and it works okay. But the caveat is you have to keep the blade incredibly sharp. Which goes back to what we were doing. Now, if we wanted to sharpen the the blade of our loppers, can we still use the carbide tiny little carbide tool or do we have to use something else? You can still use the carbide cutting tool. And I wish I brought one. There's also Mark's Choice, but again, available uh, from other brands. A carbide sharpener that has... um, Two pieces that form sort of like a V. Okay. That allow you to sharpen this double-sided type blade. Yes. So um, you would just pull it directly along there. Or you can use a basic carbide sharpener because this blade is not removable. And you can do the same motion... Um, ooh, okay. And again, it's towards you. You seem to be doing the sharpening towards you. You, you point the tool at your nose, and you're sharpening towards you. You don't like necessarily that. have to. I'm okay. just I'm I'm quite obsessive about maintaining the angle. Right. And I have find that I have better visibility doing it that way. Okay. But um, you can also do it away from you, and um, because it's an anvil and it doesn't cut against the like the way a bypass cuts against the blunt edge and it bypasses it, uh, because it's an anvil both sides of the cutting blade are sharpened because it cuts into the blade. Oh, perfect. Yep. So you just do both sides and then um, that's it. And then you would oil it and um, yeah, it's just an important, it's ever more important because crushed wood invites all sorts of problems. Absolutely. I can't say, I can't agree with you more. Yep. We have a couple of emails. Let's see. We've got an email from, oh, Gary. Let's see who our emails are from. John, hi, fun show from Abbotsford, BC. Great advice about recycling your oil. We do. (laughs) So you're not the only one. Good. Jerry writes, thanks for the great tips. Oh, from Trento, Ontario. Super. Oh, from Trento. Yeah. So all of these folks are emailing in because they want to win this nice hand printer. And I can see why. So it's about time to choose our winner so gary is going to come exit the studio and come in here gary gary is going to bring us a plastic bucket oh wow filled with names filled with names here's our plastic bucket filled this is how we do it guys for those of you watching the facebook (laughs) feed okay and now our guest ben is going to choose the name of the winner of the person who's going to win the pruners the hand pruners such pressure i know he's starting to sweat actually his hands look really clammy because there's going to be a lot of disappointed people 
Why you, you have to don't put it like get that? It. Okay. Okay, I'm going to look at Dilbert. There's a Dilbert hanging uh, on the wall. Okay, that makes you feel better. That makes me feel better. And uh, who do so I no have? Cheating. Okay, who we got? Make sure no favoritism. Shane. Shane. From awesome. Hawaii. Woohoo. Ooh, so I happen to pick home. the guy who's going to cost the most amount. I know. <laughs> I know. Reality Radio is covering that bill. I hope yep. so. Uh, this is also going to be probably the first pair of Mark's Choice pruners in Hawaii. Well, so there we're you finally go. going international. Dad will be thrilled. Oh yeah, he'll be really happy. <laughs> so guys, what? I, I can't believe this show is over. I hope those of you who are listening um, on Reality Radio 101 have been able to picture what we are talking about. If you're not watching. The feed. Those of you who are downloading the podcast, hopefully soon I'll be able to put up the video so you'll see both of them. So that's about it for the show today. Thank you so much for coming to the studio. Thank ben. you, Susan. It's been really fun. It has been fun. Jeez. So for those of you who are listening, um, if you enjoyed the show, you may want to go to orchardpeople.com and check out all the other blogs and videos and quizzes and archived episodes of this podcast because we've covered really a lot of great topics. And uh, yeah, so I hope you'll check out orchardpeople.com. We've got workshops on orchardpeople.com slash workshops. So my friends, that's it for today. You're listening to the Urban Forestry Radio Show on Reality Radio 101. I'm Susan Poisner from orchardpeople.com. Thanks for tuning in. And I look forward to digging into a new fruit tree care topic with you next month. Bye, everybody. listening to the Urban Forestry Radio Show on Reality Radio 101. To learn more about the show and to download the podcast where I cover lots more great topics, you can visit orchardpeople.com podcast. The show is broadcast live on the last Tuesday of every month. And each time I have great new guests talking to me about fruit trees, food forests, and arboriculture. If you're interested in learning more about growing your own fruit trees or just about living a more sustainable life, go to orchardpeople.com and sign up for my information-packed monthly newsletter. If you like this show, please do like our Orchard People Facebook page. You can also follow me on Twitter at at Urban Fruit Trees. Thank you so much for tuning in. It's been wonderful to have you as a listener, and I hope to see you again next time. Thank you for listening to the Urban Forestry Radio Show with your host, Susan Poisner, right here on Reality Radio 101.